Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast, where you get real and practical advice on how to go from wearing boots to wearing a suit. We've got you covered on advice from writing resumes to killing it in an interview. Be sure to check out this podcast and more at transitionvetcoach.com. And now your host, former Navy Lieutenant Pat Bergstresser. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. This is your host, Pat Bergstresser. Thanks so much for joining us today. We are starting a new series today. We've been thinking about doing this for a long time. I'm glad we're finally going to do it. We had to do the resume series first, and then we had to do the interview next because those are like the most key components when you're getting out of what you need to be prepared for. But what we're going to talk about today is for me and a lot of other veterans, perhaps the most influential piece of, uh, of the most influential product and one of the, I think one of the most undervalued uh, aspects of the transition that I think that if you leverage appropriately can lead to a new job. It has for me directly led to a new job be- because I use it and it has for many of my friends. I don't know anybody who's getting jobs without leveraging this particular product and what I'm talking about is LinkedIn. If you don't know what LinkedIn is, you know, probably should go ahead and Google it right now. But LinkedIn, uh, for those who aren't familiar, you probably know, if you don't know much about it, you probably at least know it's a social media tool. But it's really a lot more than that. It, it is a social media tool, but it's, it's professional in nature. And it really serves two key purposes. One is uh, it's, it's a networking tool. So, you know, people call Facebook a social network. LinkedIn is a social network, but with a with a bolding or an underlining of the network piece, because you can do so much networking on there. You can meet so many different people uh, and you can really build your brand in such a way that you can, that, that you can then leverage to get new jobs to, or if you're an entrepreneur, you can do a lot of things with it, finding new clients, building your brand, building your business, whatever, whatever it is you do. And the other piece of it is it's a digital resume. So a lot of times when you're working on your resume, you spend a lot of time crafting the particular format, how, you know, getting into the nuances of, okay, I need to take this from two lines to one line, or I need to word this differently, or I need to fit this here, fit this there, what format do I use? LinkedIn takes care of all the formatting for you, and you can put as much information on there as you want. And because of the way they've designed it, it won't look like crap. Like you really don't have to worry about the formatting because it takes care of that for you. And so those two aspects really allow you to turn it into uh, a job searching tool. Uh, it's it the, the the resume is there so that if if you're talking to anybody and they want to look you up, they can. And the other aspect is it's that that networking piece where you know LinkedIn promotes a lot of jobs. Companies pay them to post their jobs on there. So that's one aspect of it. But you can also network with other people. Um, so you meet people, key people at other companies who are in roles that you're interested in, or perhaps are hiring manager level for roles you're interested in, or whatever it is you're looking to do. And by meeting those people and having those conversations, you can give yourself a leg up. So that's kind of what LinkedIn is. The next piece is why LinkedIn? Why do you need to use it? I, I saw a, a statistic the other day that said that 80 87% of recruiters use LinkedIn to check candidates. I would be willing to bet it's actually a lot higher than that. Uh, I don't know a recruiter at all that doesn't look at LinkedIn whenever they're talking with a candidate. And every recruiter that I know is on LinkedIn because that's how candidates get in touch with them. Whenever you're looking to 
uh, break your way into a company, one way you can do that is by finding the veteran recruiter for that particular company. Virtually every company has it. Small companies, maybe not, but big companies definitely do. Um, at Capital One, we have a veteran recruiter, and, and I know her very well. I work with her all the time. And if you're looking to get in the door at Capital One, you need to get in touch with her. And a lot of times, if you don't know anyone internally in the company, you usually can search some on search on LinkedIn and find the veteran recruiter for a company. Capital One's a little unique in that we only have one uh, lead recruiter. If you go to Amazon or Verizon or some of these big companies, they have teams. They, I mean, they have a like like Amazon is notorious for it. They, I mean, they have at least fifty people on their veteran recruiting team, maybe even more. And a lot of other big companies aren't that different. So. Uh, a lot of times, if you're looking to get into a company, the veteran recruiters who you want to start with, and those people, along with all the other recruiters at the company, are on LinkedIn because whenever a candidate reach out, reaches out to them or they have an interview with a candidate, because a lot of times you start with the recruiter, they're going to look you up on LinkedIn because they have to forward you on. And usually when you're talking to them, it's a basic competency check. It's also to make sure that, hey, your pay expectations are in line with whatever the role actually offers. It's to make sure that you your background, like whatever you put on your application and your resume is actually true. Like you don't come on there and actually contradict a lot of what you posted. It's also to give you an idea of, of about the company. Those interviews are usually 15 to 30 minutes. They're usually not long. But that, but that recruiter, part of their role is to make sure that you're not some whack job, you're not completely not a fit for the role, because if they forward you on, you're going to actually be spending associates at that company's time interviewing you where they could be working. Because generally after that, you're interviewing with people who are actual employees, and their job isn't solely to interview candidates. And so if they forward you on, and it turns out you're a real schmuck, well, now you're wasting people's time because as the recruiter, you're, you're wasting people's time because you didn't actually adequately screen them. And so that's why recruiters are on there. I Again, I would I would just assume that every recruiter you talk to looks you up on LinkedIn. Now, and the, now the benefit of LinkedIn is it goes both ways. You can actually look them up on LinkedIn and get to understand them. And that's something we talk about in the interview series. If you haven't checked it out, I encourage you to do so. We talk about LinkedIn stalking, uh, how you can look up the people you're going to interview with ahead of time so that you know something about them, maybe something in common, maybe something on their LinkedIn looks interesting to you, something you want to ask them about. We talk over and over and over again in the interview series about personal, adding a personal touch during your interview. Um, and LinkedIn is, is something that really enables you to do that. Before I get too far in this, one thing I want to point out, if you don't have a LinkedIn or if you already do and you haven't used it that much, I would would encourage you to get the free one-year premium account for veterans. I'm not going to read off the URL here. Uh, You can just literally Google LinkedIn premium one-year veterans and you'll find the link. Uh, It's very easy to find. And they give every transitioning veteran one year for free. The way they verify you're a veteran, at least today, they've had different tools in the past. The way they do it today is ID Me, which is like an identity verification company. And I don't know exactly what database they use, perhaps something associated with the VA, but they basically authenticate that you're a veteran. Side note, uh, pro tip on the free premium one year for veterans. I've been on the free premium one year for veterans for three years now. I think I just did, I just a couple months ago activated my third free year. 
I don't know how their system works, but I literally, every time it runs out, I literally go into Google, I search for that page that's one year free for LinkedIn, and I put in my email address, and boom, I get a free year. I don't know why it keeps, obviously they know that my account has been on their system for years. I signed up for LinkedIn when it was very new, and I just didn't use it uh, when I was uh, on active duty, because it's not really that beneficial if you're if you're uh, in the middle of active duty. Obviously, when you're transitioning, it's really beneficial, um, and that's why we're harping on it here. Year, but I signed up for it way back in the day. I've been on that platform for a long time. I Again, I'm on the third one year free for premium. When your one year free runs out, I encourage you to try to get a second year for free because it doesn't seem like they check that much. And it's a small, nice little thing to get for us veterans. But I'm on, but but yeah, uh, if you haven't heard about that, uh, it's usually pretty wide, widely socialized amongst people who are on LinkedIn. But yeah, get your free one year for premium. The benefit of that, there's all kinds of different stages of paid uh, versions of LinkedIn. Um, there's like stuff for salespeople. There's stuff for recruiters. You don't need any of that. You just need the premium account. The premium account allows you to use the search function um, in a detailed way. And part of this LinkedIn series is going to be on the networking piece. And the other part is going to be on the profile piece. Um, so first getting your profile set up, and then we're going to talk about the networking. In networking uh, on LinkedIn, I mean, this is where all of my networking starts because LinkedIn allows you to connect with people that you never would have connected with. I mean, imagine a world where LinkedIn doesn't exist and there's a veteran, like, let's say you are really into, let's say you build computers on the side and you're really into computer engineering and maybe you got your degree in something related to computers and you're just a really big fan of Apple and Intel and uh uh, you know, HP, I don't know if they're really that cool, Oracle, whatever, you're really into into the hardware behind electronics, particularly the computers. And so your dream when you get out is to, to go work at Apple, um, or one of these other companies, Google has a hardware division as well. Like, let's say that's your goal. 10, 15, 20 years ago, how would you get in touch with a veteran at Apple? I don't know that you would. I mean, you make me maybe make some phone calls, you maybe do some Googling, and that, I mean, hell, Google was around then, but um, I don't know that you would really find people. But nowadays, you can go on LinkedIn with your free premium account, and you can search in the search toolbar. You can just click. So what you do, and this is, we'll get into this in very, very, uh, in a very detailed way when we when we talk about networking on LinkedIn and, and go through all those episodes because there's a lot to talk about there. But at a high level, you just go to the search function. You click search, it's going to show you everybody. You click people, so it shows you uh, people on LinkedIn. Then you click filter, uh, and on the filters, you do current employer, Apple, previous employer, U.S. Navy, or U.S. Army, or United States Marine Corps, whatever you want to look up. And, and you know, honestly, once you're in the veteran community, don't get stuck on your own service. Just talk to anybody. Most of the people I talked to were not in the Navy. Uh, usually, uh, just for whatever reason, most of the people I seem to talk to are, are the Army. Um, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Once you're a veteran people are going to help you out. The two people that helped me get hired at Capital One were both Army guys, West Point guys. And while we gave each other grief uh, a little bit, uh, they still obviously wanted to help. So now you can go on there. You can do, current again, current employee Apple, previous employer, U.S. Navy. And then everybody, and then click search. And everybody is going to show up that currently works there is their previous employer was U.S. Navy, which that's how LinkedIn defines people in the military. You just do your employer as the particular branch you are in. And it's going to show you everybody that works there. And you'll go through those profiles and you'll see some people are active, some people are not that active. You'll just message people 
cold message people say, hey, you know, my name's Bob, like I'm in the Navy, I'm getting out, really looking, uh, you know, to to come into a company like Apple would love uh, a few minutes of your time just to understand, you know, your story and what you do at Apple and, um, you know, would love to, to chat sometime and leave it at that. And you'll send a bunch of those messages out. Thirty, In my experience, 30 to 40% of the time you get a response and then you just get those people on the phone as quickly, quickly as you can. And, and you'd be surprised how many people are willing to talk to someone they've never met before just because you're a veteran. The other aspect of, of the networking is you are not going to be at the first company that you get out. And once you get the company that you start at, when you get out, more than likely, you're not going to stay at that company for very long. Um, it's just an unfortunate statistic that when veterans get out, they often don't know what they want to do, even though they think they might do. A lot of people put a lot of time and energy and research into figuring out what it is they want to do when they get out, um, which is great because I, I really didn't do that. And a lot of veterans don't. And even the ones that do end up leaving their first company within the first one to two years. It's I don't know the statistic off the top of my head, but it's somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 80% of veterans leave their first job within the first two years, something like that. And, um, you know, the specific number doesn't matter. Uh, what's what's of note is, is how high the percentage is. You know, it's in that range. And the reason for that is because they don't know what they're doing and um, they don't know what to look for. And they're kind of figuring it out, which is fine. You know, that w- I was part of that statistic. A lot of my friends at my first company that were there with me were veterans and, and they left as well. And sometimes you just need to go through the process to figure it out. But the important thing to know is if you start building your LinkedIn early, and leverage it during your transition. You may end up at a job that you end up staying at for 10 years, or you may end up staying there for one year. But the bottom line is if you put in the time and the energy into building your profile, building your network, and connecting with people, and having conversations, and searching for veterans, and talking to people, you can leverage all of that whenever it comes time to change your job. You know, in the military, we go through PCSs all the time. Those PCSs, though, are forced, right? Like, you kind of have to PCS when you have to PCS. Sometimes you get to stay in the area, if, you know, if you're in a concentration area like, you know, Virginia Beach, Norfolk, or Washington, D.C., San Diego, something like that. But generally, uh, you, you have to move on, and the military tells you when that's going to happen. In the private industry, you can move whenever the hell you want. If you want to change companies, you want to go to a different location for your company. I mean, all these things are opportunities for you, and it's really up to you. To, to figure out whatever it is you want to do. One thing I see veterans do all the time is they get out, they go to some job in some location that they really didn't want to be in, but they felt like they had to because it was a good job, it was a good opportunity. And then within a year or two, they go, eh, you know what, like I really would rather be closer to home, which is probably what they should have done in the first place. And so most of the time, they end up moving back home. Sometimes it's a big city, sometimes it's not. But a lot of people at the end of the day, they just want to go back home and they kind of put it off and then they end up there anyway. And not everybody does that, but a lot of people do. And if they have a good LinkedIn and they've been networking and been talking to people and having conversations and searching and building their profile and staying active on there, they can leverage that when it comes time to, to move on. And it's a little bit of extra work, but honestly, it's a lot of what we do on active duty all the time, right? You're always talking to buddies, talking about open positions. What do you want to do next? You know, hey, can you connect me with your buddy at this unit? Like, I, I'm interested in that role there. I mean, it's kind of the same thing. It's just a little bit more of a formalized process. And you got to be a little bit more bold because you might not know anybody at that particular company you're interested in, but you got to put in the time and the effort and reaching out and it feels a little awkward at first, but you get used to it and eventually you start building a network and a community and you start figuring things out. But in order to do all of that, once you get on LinkedIn, you need to start building connections and connections are people that you know. So like my first step is sign up for the account. 
Uh, we're going to talk about how to build your profile. You need to build your profile first, at least somewhat of a profile so people know who the hell you are. It's not just your name and you're trying to connect with them. But first, once you build your profile or as you're building it, you can start connecting with people you know. So you want to connect with people that obviously know you. So on LinkedIn, there's sort of two connections. There's there's the people that you know, sort of like Facebook is. You know, Facebook, you're generally only friends with people that you've actually met that are actually your your friends or at least acquaintances. And on LinkedIn, you have those people, and then you have the people you've never met that you're just looking to connect with because they look they work at a company you want, or you know, they commented on something that you posted, or you commented on theirs and you just want to connect with them and so you can see more of what they post. Those are the two categories. So the people that you know you can just get on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn has a lot of ways of sort of importing your contacts from your phone or from your, your email account. Like they, you know, they have some sophisticated ways of trying to get you active on that platform and get you connected because that means more time on the platform, which means more money for them through ads. But anyway, they, once, once they import your contacts, they'll say, hey, do you want to connect with these people? Everybody that knows you, you can just send them a blind connect request. If they know you, they're going to accept that request because they know who you are. They know what you're doing. You're starting on LinkedIn, blah, blah, blah. Um, but for people you don't know, you need, an, you need to accompany that connection request with a note. And we're going to talk about this ad nauseum in the networking section. But do not just send blind connect requests to people you don't know. Um, they might accept it. Some people do, but a lot of people don't. I don't. If you get on LinkedIn and you send me a blind connection request and I don't know who you are, I generally won't accept it. I will only accept it if you uh, went to the Air Force Academy. If you send me a blind request and you went to the Air Force Academy, I generally will accept that. And if you are a Civil Engineer Corps officer in the Navy, I generally accept that. Not always, but like usually. So those two groups can send me a blind request and I'll accept it. But besides that, you got to send a note. And so if you're listening right now and you're getting started on LinkedIn or you want to connect with me, just find me. It's, it's, I'm listed as Pat Bergstresser on LinkedIn. I'm really easy to find. Um, just send me a connect request and said, hey, checking out your podcast. Would love to connect. That's all you got to say. Just something quick like that. And whenever you click connect, it'll say, would you like to add a note? So just add the note, say that, send it to me, and I'll be happy to accept it. And you know, you can message me and we can talk about whatever you want to do and um, you know, you can engage on stuff I'm posting. I'll engage on stuff you're posting. Um, but that's one of the benefits. And by doing all of this uh, connecting, you're expanding what you see on LinkedIn. And on LinkedIn, you can like companies, kind of like on Facebook, you like products you like or services you like. On LinkedIn, you can like companies so you see what comes out of their official accounts. And then anytime they're mentioned in the news, like articles that mention them, like their earnings reports and stuff like that will show up in your feed. Um, And so you can do that. Uh, There's organizations you can join. There's all kinds of cool things you can do. Um, But really, where it all starts is your profile. And so that's where we're going to start with this particular series. Again, it's going to be in two parts, the networking piece, which we'll get to. But before you do that, you really got to build a solid profile. And within your profile, there are sort of five key aspects that you need to fill out. First is your photos. So that's your profile photo and your background photo. So we'll talk about what those are. The second is your opener. So this is your headline, uh, your location, your specific URL for your profile page, stuff like that. Then we'll go into the about uh, section. So there's a section called about, and it's it allows you, I think, 2,000 characters, something like that. Um, and it's sort of a unique section. You'll see a lot of people on LinkedIn don't really take advantage of it. Um, but I think it's a huge missed opportunity. Uh, if I was a recruiter or if I was someone that you didn't really know, but I was looking at your profile, I'm going to read your about section. And your about section is kind of, you can think of it as like a cover letter. 
it's sort of an introduction to you and what makes you tick and what you're interested in and what you like to do. And maybe like a high level sort of, here's some big accomplishments I've made. But that's really what it is. And people read it all the time. Um, and it's important to take advantage of that real estate. Uh, so you can sort of introduce people to your profile. And so we'll talk about how to fill that out. There's a specific strategy I have for how mine's filled out. You can go ahead and check it out now if you want. But we'll talk through that. Then we'll go into the experience section. So this is really sort of the the heart of your resume, you know, all the sections in your resume where you talk about your professional experience, you can literally just copy paste those into LinkedIn. The benefit of LinkedIn, though, is there's no page limit. So you can put in literally everything. When we talk in the resume series about your master resume, you can almost think of that, just take that and drop it into your LinkedIn. And sort of a cool thing with LinkedIn, you can actually use it They have like a resume builder tool. There's all kinds of really cool tools on LinkedIn, by the way, side stuff like interview prep, resume builder. They have all kinds of cool tools. Some stick more than others, but one of them is a resume builder tool. And you can literally just take sections from your professional experience and just select them and it'll drop them into the resume and it'll build it for you. I wouldn't recommend just taking that and running with it. Obviously, you need to do some some editing and some revisions and, and stuff like that. But it is sort of a cool feature and it at least gives you a, a place to start. So if you started with LinkedIn and you're now working on your resume, uh, that's a really uh, great tool to sort of leverage when you're trying to build a, a resume for a specific application. And then after that, there's all kinds of other sections that we're going to talk about. There's uh, volunteering, which I think is a really val- big value add um, and sort of gives you a little bit of color as a candidate um, in terms of you know stuff that you do outside of work and, and ways that you spend your free time. There's an education section. There's a licensing section. So if you're like an engineer or a doctor or something and you're licensed, you can put that there. There's certifications, which you can put all kinds. A lot of times you can find the certification on LinkedIn and it has like a logo for it. Um, but I put some of my military ones on there, like my jump wings are on there just because I think that's kind of cool and something that somebody else might think is cool. So you can put certs on there. You can put certain skills. There's a lot of um, a lot of people on LinkedIn post about like how to select what skills you put on there and people can like endorse the skills that you have on your profile. If you spent some time on LinkedIn on active duty, uh, you'll see people endorse you for like military and operations and stuff like that. Usually none of those skills are skills associated with a job you're looking for on the outside. So I kind of deprioritize those and I just listed the skills that are sort of associated with what I do every day. I don't, I don't know. People talk about it like it, like it is a value add. In some sense it is when recruiters are looking for you, they're looking for specific skills. And when you see jobs on LinkedIn and you look at the job, it'll tell you how well you'd line up with it based on the skills you've listed on your uh, in your skill section on your profile. I would say that's sort of a 2.0 of your LinkedIn. I wouldn't worry about that section too much. The skills section after that is endorsements. I'm sort of uh, indifferent on endorsements. You can ask people to give you endorsements on your profile, and it might be a way for when someone's looking at your profile to know like, okay, like this guy's worked or this girl's worked with people. They said some good things. Generally, people aren't going to give you uh, endorsements unsolicited. You got to ask for them. And a good way to do that is to message somebody that you know and say, hey, you know, I'd love to write a, an endorsement for you if you'd be willing to do one for me as well, something like that. And you can even write it for them and say, I'd be happy to write the first draft. So all you have to do is sort of make some tweaks and, and post it. 
Um, and so a lot of times you can find somebody that, that looks like they, they, you know, they're active enough on LinkedIn where they might want an endorsement. So you write it for them, you write the draft of yours for them, and then all they have to do is, is literally post it. Um, and so endorsements are good, but um, again, sort of a version 2.0 thing. You can also post other accomplishments. So in that section, uh, I've posted like finishing marathons and stuff like that. You can post organizations you're associated with. So professional organizations, like maybe you're an engineer and you're a member of the the Society of American Military Engineers. That was a, an org that I was associated with when I was on active duty, and a lot of people are members of it that are that are no longer on active duty or never in the military. Um, it's just a big professional uh, engineering organization. There's all kinds of other ones out there, you know, regardless of what industry you're in. There's all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can also post honors here. You know, you can put your military awards. I I. I on your resume, I'm really against it. But here, I think you can just because you have the real estate. But if you're going to put them on there, you need to say what they were for. And I would avoid just posting the citation because nobody, you know, those are so like sort of rigid and how they're written. And they, they're not necessarily like the easiest to sort of understand. If you're going to post an award, I would just say like, hey, this is because I led this exercise and I did X, Y, and Z. And here's a big accomplishment, something like that. So people can be like, oh, okay, he got this award because he did something cool. And, and it's sort of a, another opportunity for a resume bullet. Um, yeah. So, and so anyway, that last section is honors and awards that you can put stuff like that down there. But a lot of times people put like legit awards they get from work or awards they get in the industry. That's where they put them. Um, but again, that, that ending section, basically after education, where you get into licensing skills, endorsements, all that stuff, those are good. And those are important and you should do them. But I kind of group them into the second category or the sort of the version 2.0. And so, um, so all that to say, like, as you're thinking about LinkedIn, that those are sort of the two sections we're going to think about. We're first going to talk about the profile, we're going to get that up to speed. And we're going to do an episode on all the sections that we just talked about. Not every single one's going to get its own episode. Um, but we are going to sort of group them into different groups. So the first one will be on like photos. So your profile photo and your background photo, like, what do you do with those? How do you take advantage of them? What are some do's and don'ts? And then we'll sort of move through the, the profile from there and do a, a, a an episode on each one. But that's sort of the big picture here. Like LinkedIn, I'm a huge, huge advocate for it. If you haven't picked up already, I literally got my current job because of LinkedIn. And I didn't even actually, I was one of the really fortunate people where someone reached out to me. And I want to underscore this uh, point because this is not normal, but it happened to me and it's happened to plenty of other people and it could happen to you. I was on LinkedIn at my last company actively looking for something else. And the head of credit card fraud at Capital One reached out to me. And she is a senior executive. She's a senior vice president. She's two steps away from the CEO of Capital One. Like that's how high up she is. And she has a a recruiter account on LinkedIn. She just got the company to pay for it. And because she was actively looking for people at the time, and I mean, she generally always is, but at the time she was looking, the company was growing really fast and she worked in fraud, like I mentioned. And in Capital One, in, in any organization, you have sort of three tiers of groups of, of sort of three sort of tiers of the company. You have the revenue generation aspect of the company, you have the loss mitigation, and then you have the support team. And at Capital One, if you work on one of the main credit cards or you work in the bank on like, you know, getting new customers, acquisition, stuff like that, that's sort of the the profit generation, the revenue generation uh, aspect of the company. So those teams always get priority whenever people internally are moving around. 
Loss mitigation is next, and that's fraud. And so at Capital One, you know, we lose a lot of money every year due to fraud, so it's a big opportunity, but it's a loss mitigation. It's not a revenue generator. Sometimes by reducing certain types of fraud, we can enable growth in other areas, which is something that I work on specifically, a type of fraud I'm working on reducing will allow us to grow in a particular segment on one of our lines of business within credit cards. But generally, loss mitigation is sort of the second. They get sort of the second go, and then support teams kind of get the go after that. It doesn't. It's not like a, a you know a science, but that's generally how it works. And she uh, wanted to get people, but was having a hard time finding people inside because the company's growing. There's only so many people to go around, and so she started recruiting externally, and she found me. And so she reached out to me. I thought it was like a scam, a joke. Like maybe her assistant was like messaging me. It was really her. We got on the phone. She was awesome. She's a great leader. You can find her on LinkedIn. I won't name drop here, but just look on my uh, connections, you'll find her. And we had an hour long conversation. And after that, she connected me with a West Point grad, uh, you know, army vet who was on the team on the fraud team. And he really sold me on the analyst role that uh, she had me in mind for. Uh, He connected me with another West Point grad. And those two guys like really helped me understand the interview process and uh, get me prepped and understood what I was going in for. And next thing you know, you know, I'm interviewing and I got hired. So all like that doesn't happen every day, but it does happen. And I didn't do anything for that. I just had a profile with a lot of keywords so that when she was searching analyst, data analysis, whatever she searched for, she found me. And another reason she found me is because my profile had Washington, D.C. metro area. Even though I was living in Frederick, Maryland, which is like on the outskirts of the D.C. metro area, I still put Washington, D.C. metro area because when people search, they're searching for particular metro areas and sometimes a particular radius around wherever their company office is. And so because I did D.C. metro area, she didn't have to know that I was pretty far away in Frederick. She just knew I was in the D.C. metro area and she found me. Um, And so, you know, all that to say, like, like that just happened and I got lucky, but you can get lucky too. And people get lucky on LinkedIn all the time. And you can't get lucky if you don't even have a profile and you haven't spent the time to fill it out. But I had filled out every single section of that profile. I'd spent a lot of time making sure it looked clean, nice, so that when a senior executive at Capital One who probably makes an obscene amount of money spend her time on LinkedIn, whatever two seconds of free time that she has during her day, she found me, messaged me, and here I am. Right. So, uh, and I'm super happy at Capital One. I, you know, I really love my job. It's super busy, but it's a kind of busy that's fun, kind of like on active duty when you're busy and, but you love it. And so, uh, all that to say, like LinkedIn is super important. And uh, if you haven't uh, been able to tell already, I'm a huge proponent of it. So, anyway, that's all for now. Again, Go, go to linkedin.com, sign up if you haven't already, get your free one-year veteran or your free premium account for veterans for one year. You can do all kinds of cool stuff with it, which we'll talk about in later episodes. Um, but that's all I have for today. Thanks so much for listening. You can always check us out at transitionvetcoach.com uh, and you can check out the next episode if it's already been posted, which usually I record these in advance and post them later. So uh, go ahead and, and jump into the next episode. We're going to talk about pictures, your profile picture, your background picture. You do not need to see a professional photographer to do your headshot, but we'll talk about that when we get there. Thanks so much for joining. Uh, As always, we end every episode with my favorite quote, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. It's a Winston Churchill quote. And it's one of my favorites because it really, 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 really embodies the transition. No matter how successful you are, how many failures you have, just pick yourself up and keep going just like you did so many times on active duty. So that's it for today. Thanks so much for listening. Again, this is the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Bergstresser, signing off, and we'll see you guys next time. 
been listening to the Vet Coach Transition Tips Podcast. For more transition tips and content, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and check out transitionvetcoach.com. Thanks so much for your service and all you do. As always, if you have any questions, email Pat directly at pat at transitionvetcoach.com. <laughs>